0: Hi everyone, uh, welcome to LI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship uh, and today we have with us uh, Mr. vishesh Sharma, uh, who is the CEO and co-founder of LegEx. LegEx is a, a legal tech startup uh, focusing on providing uh, technological solutions uh, to streamline and ease legal accessibility for businesses and individuals. Hi vishesh uh, welcome to ELI.
1: Thanks a lot Priya for having me over here. It's always great to share ideas and see that, you know, how things are evolving on a larger scale.
0: Uh, Vishesh, I would uh, request you to introduce yourself to our audience, please.
1: Yeah, so I'm Vishesh. I'm the co-founder and CEO at Legix. We started Legix back in June 2019, when I was just uh, getting out of my college with along four of my friends. So it has been an amazingly entire you know, journey where we started with the streamlining some operations for startups with regards to their registrations, doing their compliances. And over the time we have evolved into a, you know, a mainstream legal organization where we feel that every single organization has certain legal aspects to it. And if using technology we can make them streamline, it will be good for all the stakeholders. Where the business efficiencies improve, we see that you know a lot of conflicts that might arise in the future are getting resolved at a very early stage. So uh, overall, it has been an amazing journey so far.
0: Uh, okay, Vishesh, uh, uh, tell us uh, what has been the scale and uh, reach of Legex uh, uh, so far.
1: So uh, when we started Legex in January two thousand nineteen, for the initial six to seven months, it was a huge learning curve where we experimented a lot of times to see that you know what fits in the market what not so so initial six to seven months you know it was it was really nothing on the plate then when we got the sort of you know experiment to the market we understood that what are the market niches that are required after fabricating them till now we have served more than 250 businesses across the globe which which includes you know countries from ranging from US to European union to australia to singapore even in india we have supported more than 200 businesses
0: okay Okay, so uh, now uh, I'd, I'd uh, like to hear from the day one, uh, how you all started, what is the first thing you did and how it, it all uh, grew day by day.
1: So, so yeah, you know, it has a very interesting story. So, so we had the idea of Legex starting, you know, from the ending of our second uh, year of our college. So, so, uh, so, I did my undergrad from Cluster Innovation Center, which is a research cum innovation center at the University of Delhi where they focus on interdisciplinary studies with regards to engineering, with regards to philosophy, business. So, so they tweak around a lot of things. So when I did my undergrad from there, along with four of my other, other friends, we had this idea of legends. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, from when the second year ended, we said that, okay, if we can do something in this space. So I come from a family of lawyers, okay. where I always saw that, you know, what are the kind of inefficiencies these legal professionals face. Mm-hmm. So, so I said with them, you know, we're doing this technology we can automate these things. This will be good, you know, for all the stakeholders. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, after second year, we, we thought on this. When, when it came down to fourth year, so we, we all got our internships. And, and we were like that, you know, what are we going to do about this? We have this idea from second year. And even now, you know, we are just going to go and do this internship. How will this really get started? So from November, you know, this was a frustration in my head that, you know, what to do, how to do it, because on one side, we were, you know, getting this kind of a beautiful internship where we get to learn a lot from the seniors, have some good stipend. And, you know, as, an, uh, as a recent graduate, a stipend is a good thing to get. And, and all of us were, you know, were on a good basis at that time. So, so we said that, okay, maybe we can do it in future, maybe not now. And then this thing continued for a good period of time. Then in December on 22nd, I, along with one of my co-founders and his cousin, went out you know, uh, on a trip. We, we hiked uh, around uh, Triund, which is in Himachal Pradesh. And you know, when, when at uh, night, two o'clock, I was just sitting over there at the top of the mountain, just thinking that, you know what I'm going to do, how this internship is going to be. And every single time I thought about internship, legends came up that, you know, if doing uh, along with the internship, I could do this thing, this would be good for the startup. And then I said that, okay, I'm going to do this internship. Why am I going to do this? So that introspection led me to, you know, just restructure everything that what we are going to do, whether this is something good or not. Then I came back, went to my hometown, told my grandparents that, OK, this is something that I'm planning to do. Then, you know, again, I came back to my home, told my parents, they were kind of very skeptic, you know, as all Indian parents and most of the parents across the globe are. that you know what you are going to do. Maybe this won't work out. Maybe take an experience for, you know, a year or two. And, and then, you know, on 2nd of January, I sat down with the, all of my friends. I told them that, yeah, I'm going to do this. They said, yeah, why you are just going to do this. We are also going to do this. So, so uh, most of them, you know, just left their internship then and there. We, we called our respective organizations, told them that, okay, we cannot pursue it and started with it. Okay. So, so you know, yeah, so, so that was day one. 2nd January was, as day, uh, was our day one. And since then, it has been amazing. Seeing, you know, a, a, a lot of things in the market within ourselves that, you know, how we have grown over the time.
0: Mm-hmm. uh wishes one thing I'm very curious to know. Um, in a short period of time, I think you have built a, a, a fairly reasonable uh, uh, size of a team. Uh, tell us how, how you have go, grown so fast, uh, especially just right after uh, your college, uh, what has been uh, your uh, motivation or inspiration to go so fast
1: so, you know uh, one of the things that you know when you are young that happens is so it's both in a good sense and in a bad sense one thing that you know when it happens in a good sense is that you do not have a lot of you know previously built iterations because when you work in an organization you see that okay this is a sort of structure that works this is what doesn't work so you have a fair idea that what works and what doesn't as a young entrepreneur you do not know any of this you just think that, okay, this is something that I got to do. These are the prerequisites and I'm gonna do it. So this is in a good sense. When we talk about it in a bad sense, then you, you do not know the structures. You do not know how you know, teams work, how dynamics work. So that kind of also you know, is a setback. So over you know, iterating a lot of times because uh, the, the first thing that we had, even you know, our co founding team that got uh, you know, disbalanced at one point of time in uh, last December, one of the co-founder left the organization. So, so that was, you know, also set by for us because we didn't know how this team hierarchy dynamics work. But, but then, you know, that setback was, in fact, you know, was the biggest push that we could have, uh, have ever got. And then we, you know, reiterated a lot of things. While talking about team, you know, being a young person, we understand that, you know, what the young person want. So, so you know, when, whenever I try to interview people, I talk to them, I, I see that, you know, whether they have the same thing, which, you know, when we started, we all had or not. So as a young person, you understand what the other young person wants. They just need, you know, four things. They need something impactful to work on. Second, they need a lot of flexibility. They, they do not want to, you know, say, be set in a particular structure or rule. Third, they want ownership of their work. That that whatever do they do, they, they should have a sense of ownership that you know, this is something that I am doing. So, so this is a great sense of ownership that you know, young people want. And the fourth one is great team dynamics. They, they want some honest conversation. So you know, in our organization, we, we made it a clear policy that you do not have to work from nine to five, 10 to six or at any of the time. We always say that, okay, this is a task that we want to do. You set your own timeline that, okay, I'm free for these many days. I'm gonna work at you know, for seven days and do this. And then it is at your own pace. You work in daytime, night, you, you call us, you know, throughout the day, we, we do not care. So that helped us get, you know, so many amazing people work on these ideas. A, a lot of people, you know, across the globe, there are people from Boston, there are people from Hong Kong who have helped us build these kind of products because they do not have to worry about that. Okay, I got to go to this particular meeting at this hour. We always ask them that, uh, bro, are you free? If he is, then you can just join in the call. So, so as a young person, you know, you understand what the other young person wants and then you just build over it. That helped us, you know, gain these kind of amazing people who have helped us, you know, push this vision to a great extent. We, we started very small. We, you know, as a bootstrap startup, we, we did not have access to a large number of funds or something like that. It, it's always, you know, the, the vision and the passion that we all share that, that okay, we've got to do this, then, then we are
0: doing this. Okay. Uh, since you have uh, spoken of uh, vision, uh, I would like to know what is your vision with uh, Leggings? What do you want to achieve uh, in the long run?
1: So, uh, you know, Pia, there's an interesting thing when it comes to law. That no one wants to do it. That is, you know, one thing that even the organization do not want to get into the compliances. Any individual do not want to get, you know, into the court system. So when it comes to law, this is similarly to the medicine. Everyone wants a doctor. No one wants to go to a doctor. <laughs> so, so, you know, we just want to make it more accessible and fun for people so that they do not have a fear of it. They have the accessibility to systems. They see that, you know, a single process is not going to take them three to four years down the lane. So recently, you know, we are also in about a month, we are coming up with an amazing product called Resolve, which is an online dispute resolution platform. So, you know, right now when you go to these particular courts, you spend about three to four years of your life fighting a normal, you know, a very petty case of, of you know, getting your will uh, done or getting your property dispute sorted. And, and we feel that, you know, three to four years of life is too much. And with the kind of backlogs we have in our court system, you know, it will take around with the uh, right statistics, if in place, it will take us around 400 more years to resolve the pending cases, which, which is a huge number. 400 years is, you know, something that is not even imaginable for us. So, uh, we, we are recently coming up with online dispute resolution platform where anyone can just get online, provide us some details that you know what the dispute is, provide us the details of the other party, and they can both get online. After signing an uh, ADR agreement, which is alternate dispute resolution, they say that okay, whatever the verdict will be, will be, you know, added to this. So, this is like a private court setting which we have made completely online, so that anyone can resolve their disputes. So we just try to see that, you know, where technology can make this particular legal ecosystem more accessible for people. And then, you know, we just get on to this. So, so in a long vision, we see that, you know, every, for every single kind of legal work, there should be a proper systematic method that they can do this with like No matter, you know, uh, what they are, you know, how they are starting up, even if they are, you know, a startup, an individual, or even a large organization they should have a streamlined method of accessibility and transparency to do all these things.
0: Okay. Uh, Which is, uh, since you have worked with uh, many startups, especially in their uh, legal uh, works, uh, I'd like to ask you what are some of the common uh, issues or common challenges uh, all the startups face? Now, why I'm asking this is uh, a lot of our viewers are also trying to start up on their own. Uh, through this question, I want to give them some uh, understanding of uh, what kind of legal uh, challenges or legal uh, barriers they can expect uh, during their first few years.
1: So, you know, in the initial years, there are majorly three things every single startup faces. First of all is, you know, when to get into registration and when not to get into this. Because registration is the first thing that you know you do when you step onto your startup journey. So, so the, you know, that is always the question. And, and, you know, for that, my answer is that, you know, first of all, analyze your market, see that whether you have a paying market or not, and get, then get on into all this. The second thing that, you know, most of the startup faces is the disputes and, you know, the, the lack of consciousness among the co-founders. No one wants to have a hard talk that, you know, what your equity is going to be, what mine is going to be, because no one wants, you know, a hard fight between the founders. They are, they, are, they are friends with whom they have spent their years and they do not want to get into these type of things when they have not even negotiated over a tea. And, you know, most of the people drink through that. So, so they do not want to get into the hardest thing that you know yours is going to be 34, mine is going to be 32. And for this 2% gap, what is the basis for that? So second is always this kind of dispute that you know they do not set the parameters and discussions early and later on when these kind of things happen, a lot of startups get shut down. And and then you know then the final one around their compliances and management, that you know you you get the startup registered, you do not do compliances for a good period of time because because no one tells you to, and suddenly this, there's a notice coming in from MCA that okay you have not done the compliances, your company is getting striken off or something like that. So it's always better you know because you know right now as a legal professional. It's just not to, you know, be a service vendor. Anyone can be a service vendor. So as a legal professional, you know, it's also our responsibility to see that what is the maximum value we can bring to an organization. So this is both for the entrepreneurs as well as the legal professionals. That, that we, uh, you know, coherently, we got to have these kind of discussions. Startups do not want to discuss with the lawyer. And lawyers do not want to, uh, you know, get into a discussion with the startup. This is the main thing, you know, that, that is the friction that we, you know, we have to remove. As a startup, you've got to talk to that person who is registering your organization and ask him that, okay, what all we got to do? And as a lawyer, you know, it is also your responsibility to tell them that what needs to be done and what not. So in the initial few years, registration, compliances, and, you know, doing these kind of fundraising activities is always painful. That, you know, what is my authorized capital? What is my paid up capital? And, and this is something that startups needs to, you know, learn.
0: Uh, which is, uh, tell us about uh, some of the challenges some of the big challenges you have faced uh, along the way while uh, building and growing this venture you can exclude uh, the one uh, you mentioned uh, earlier
1: okay so you know when we talk about this type of industry So suppose that you know today I want to start a food delivery startup I go to a restaurant I tell them that okay I'm gonna do this they already know what I'm gonna do so, going into an industry where the precedents are already set, you know, it's, it's much more easier when you go to an, in, an industry where some of the big players or, you know, some of the players already exist. Everyone has an idea. When talking about this industry, you know, legal tech is pretty new to, you know, across the globe, not just in India, but across the globe, legal tech is very new. So, so, you know, we get a lot of resistance from the legal community that, you know, why are you doing this technology stuff? Because most of them are paid on an hourly basis. So there's a resistance from the legal industry. There's also a resistance from the organizations that, you know, we, we do not want to get onto this. We, we need to, you know, first of all, understand that whether this is something impactful or not. Because if you, you know you are ordering food online, what, what is the maximum that can go wrong? Your, your burger, you won't get the burger, you will get the sandwich. That's the maximum difference that you'll get. Or you won't get anything. But when it comes to legalities, if you do, if, you know, you do not do them on the right way, you are going to get standard notice from the government. Which is you know, not beautiful for a business at all. So when, when we talk about you know, this industry, this, this happened with us a lot of times. That there was a resistance from legal fraternity, from the uh, organizations. And, and we had to you know, streamline through that. Apart from that, you know, one of the challenges that we faced was regarding the as you know we discussed earlier. So I'll just keep it short regarding you know the team synchronization. Because you know, unless all the people that are in the team, it doesn't matter that you know whether it's an intern, it doesn't matter whether whether it's a co-founder, because you know, these are just labels. Everyone is gonna, you know, work at a good pace. So until and unless a team synchronization isn't over there, it doesn't matter you know how good your skills are. How good uh, is the work that you have done previously? You cannot build an amazing thing. To do that, you have to collaborate. You have to iterate a lot of times and see that, you know, whether something is working or not. And this is something that we face with technology, with business, with
0: marketing, a lot of things. Okay. Uh, let's uh, play a small rapid fire round. Uh, I would uh, ask... Uh, I'll give you two options, uh, two words. You have to uh, choose one of them. So okay. uh, let's start with ethics versus growth. In the initial days, growth. Uh, micromanagement versus freedom. Freedom. Uh, single uh, founder versus uh, multiple uh, founders.
1: Multiple founders
0: uh vision of versus execution execution hire and fire versus a slow progress hire and fire sustainability uh, versus profitability
1: profitability
0: short term goals versus long term goals long term goals Uh, Bootstrap versus external funding.
1: Both have their pros and cons but in the initial days
0: bootstrapping. Quality versus quantity.
1: Quantity leads to quality. You you cannot have one without the other.
0: Reliability versus performance.
1: Reliability. Performance can come, you know, at a good pace, but reliability should be there to, to have that kind of performance.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm done with the rapid fire. Uh, coming to the next question, uh, which is, uh, tell us some of the interesting lessons you have learned as an entrepreneur, uh, which can attain the learning curve of uh, new entrepreneurs.
1: So, you know, every single entrepreneur has their own set of challenges. Mine was something different. Yours will be something different. And everyone, you know, has a certain different kind of particular structure, their particular, how they work. And and that's how, you know, all the challenges are going to be different. Personally, you know, uh, one of the things, generically, that we can expect across the industry is to experiment. You know, most of the time we see founders having a hypothesis that doesn't work out, they shut down the company. And and that is, you know, the, the, the worst thing that can happen to anyone. And so, you know, this, this must have happened to all of us when we were preparing for our board examinations. We, we saw that, you know, something was right. We, we gave a unit test or a particular pre-board exam. We saw that things were wrong. So what did we do? It was not the case that we didn't opt for the board examination. We, we changed out our particular examination and, you know, preparation strategy. When it comes to startup, people do not do that anymore. People think they do, they do have a hypothesis which is going to work out in the market. That doesn't happen market in itself you know has its own dynamics so as an entrepreneur it is your responsibility to test out at least 10 different iterations of one thing so suppose that you know when when we started with legix we had this hypothesis that you know people will opt for these services at at a very rapid pace that didn't happen now this this is a particular hypothesis that went wrong it didn't mean that you know the legal market isn't good what needed was to reiterate the kind of things that you know are approach to this. So, so we reiterated with another approach that didn't work out. We reiterated with the third one that worked well. So, so for every single kind of work that you do, you need to have ten iterations of something, and then you know, commit that whether something was right or not. People either give up so easily on their first or second iteration, or they do not give up at all, even after twenty or thirty. You, you need to have that balance that, you know, when this will work out and when this will not. So, so you know, th- that is very generic for everyone to go out in the market, talk to people and give out 10 iterations of, you know, what you're doing. The, the second thing that, you know, I feel that that is across the, uh, you know, all the startups across all the industries that people think they are going to sit in their office, in their chairs, on their tables, and they are going to build the best product, which is, you know, doesn't happen at all you you cannot innovate in isolation to to build something you need to have these you know five people coming in from different kind of backgrounds with different kind of energy abilities expertise and then work on it together someone will have to go down into the market learn the nuances of it someone will have to go to the investors learn you know what are their pinpoints around uh, this industry Someone will have to look at the technology that, you know, how beautiful it can be for the users and someone will have to, you know, look at the backend and see how, how imaginary it could be if someone, you know, at the front end is looking at it. So until and unless, you know, you, you do not collaborate all of this together an amazing thing cannot be built. And, and this is something that, you know, we have seen across studies that they do not get into this, this type of stuff. They think they are going to, you know, wait for some time, build an amazing product and then go to the market. The market rejects it outrightly. That, that, you know, even happened with us. When I told you that for the initial six to seven months, we were just kind of iterating. It was because for the initial five months, we were sitting in our particular, you know, uh, room. So so one of the co-founders had a particular PG of his own. We all were just sitting over there and creating a product. In the five months when we created the product, we went out to the market. They said that, you know, this is shit. And, and, you know, when when this guy who was sitting right in front of us, he told us that, you know, this product shit, I'm not going to use it. And I'm going to tell other people to not use it. You are young, just go and do something better with your life. And we were just sitting over there thinking, how can he say this to us? So, you know, for, for a particular day, we were all frozen that, you know, this is something that should not have been done. And then we reacted and we said that, okay, we never talked to this guy. We never talked to anyone like him who are gonna use this product. So how can we be sure that this is gonna work or not? And you know, again, that, that was one of the biggest the lessons for us. That you do not work on something until and unless you're gonna to talk to those people who are gonna be the end users. So have a hypothesis, build around it and be ready to build it 10 times to get that one streak right. No one, you know, or or a very few lucky ones got it right in the one or two attempts. You got to get it right, and you got to give that particular ten iterations while getting to the market, talking to people, getting their feedbacks, and reiterating again.
0: Okay, uh, here is one interesting question for you, Vishis. Uh, is there a particular uh, education system that? Uh, is more beneficial for entrepreneurship than the conventional ones. Why I am asking this because you went through a couple of them, uh, some unusual uh, educations. Uh, Com- I, I believe you attended Y Combinator uh, school as well. Uh, so uh, tell us what has been your understanding on how, uh, is there a particular kind of education that uh, suits entrepreneurship?
1: There doesn't exist so you know as an entrepreneur it's uh, not about the kind of curriculum that you are in it's about you know the, the kind of perception that uh, these curriculums let you build because uh, you know even recently i was watching watching boss baby it's an it's an amazing cartoon you know it's it's on netflix everyone i think everyone who wants to do entrepreneurship or want to do business got to see it so you know uh, this happens that as an entrepreneur it's your responsibility to get and learn as much as you can and build perceptions. As of now, there do not exist any kind of mechanism that can teach you entrepreneurship. There can be a few lessons around product management. There can be a few lessons around how to do sales and marketing. There can be a few lessons around how to build an HR team. But there doesn't exist a mechanism to you know, tell you how to be an entrepreneur. You've you got to do it yourself. You know, A good product manager can be an amazing entrepreneur. An amazing sales and marketing guy could be an amazing entrepreneur. So any one of them can be. It's just about the right mindset. And when we talk about mindset, no one delivers it. Either you got to develop it by reading, you know, two of three different kinds that you know you are reading product management, the other day, you are reading HR. So YC, startup school is marketing. In, you know, one video they tell you about a lot of things. Then one they tell you about product management. Then, then the other, but you know, again, this is directed towards you know the people who already are entrepreneurs mostly. As a base, we do not have any curriculum as of now, because entrepreneurship mostly happens when two or three ideas fuse in together. There is an idea coming in from society or academy or industry, and then you are building something on top of it. And, and that kind of curriculum, you know, is, is really something that is missing a lot from the education system. So until, unless you really understand that, you know, how two or three systems work, it, it is really tough to understand how entrepreneurship is. That the only right thing to understand it on the second uh, way is the market. Because when you, when you go over there, they, they teach you everything right from, you know, they abuse you in your faces. They even, you know, pat you on your back. They tell you you're doing a shitty job if you're know, you not getting this right. So, so that is the only place that can teach you all of this together.
0: Okay. Uh, this is my final question to you. Uh, tell us how you would suggest uh, our fellow audience uh, to start their journey as entrepreneurs.
1: I would suggest you know, start right away. There's there's, you know, uh, so everyone, and uh, you know, this is a question that on a day I use five to six times that you know, is this the right time to be an entrepreneur? And everyone has their own journey. I would suggest that you know, if you have this kind of craving that you want to be an entrepreneur, start right away, seek a particular problem. So, uh, the world has a lot of problems, you just got to pick the one that you can solve. Even, even I can say that you know, if we, we are gonna desalinize the whole ocean this is going to be amazing but i'm i'm not the right person to do it so see a problem there exists a lot around us see that you know whether you are the right person to solve it you do have a kind of uh, you know team expertise or some kind of commitment to that particular structure and get started with it uh, there's never a right time or a long time to uh, you know enter or exit something it's just about whether whether at that time what is needed can you do it or not so, so if you think that you know there there is something that you can do if you think there is a problem that you can solve and if you think that you know you you are the one that can do this well than you know most of the other people then just do it so it happens with us that you know a lot of time people ask me that you know why, why are you doing this in law there are a lot of low, uh, good law firms that exist you are not you know as an academician you are not even a lawyer by training then then why are you doing this so i said that you know a lot of good for law firms exist. Did they do it before me? They didn't. So I, I'm seeing a problem. I think that, you know, uh, uh, we do have the right set of team expertise and everything to do this. Then let's get started with it.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, is, I must uh, I must say I'm very inspired from your journey and uh, it has been a wonderful conversation as well. Uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, thanks for your time. Uh, um, uh, our, our best wishes for uh, your uh, legs and future ventures.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot, Priya. You know, it's it's always amazing to share these kind of thoughts. It also helps us to introspect that you know what we have been doing is right or not. You know, while while speaking on this, there are a lot of questions that are right now in my mind. So, so these kind of discussions always helps. Okay. Uh, Thanks
0: a lot for providing this platform to share these ideas. It is my pleasure only and pleasure of our our listeners. Uh, Listeners, if you want to follow and connect with Vishesh, also you may want to get some uh, legal help uh, from Vishesh. Type uh, Vishesh Sharma on LinkedIn. Uh, That is it for today's episode. We'll be back with another exciting entrepreneur. Uh, Stay tuned to ELI.